5: So Paul George it was announced today is going to sign a massive contract extension. Just how massive is it? It is it is big, it is sizable, it is large. Uh it is in the 226 million dollar variety and you're like, "Wow, that's yo, yeah, that's a that's a lot of coin." And I I think it signifies and what I tweeted out is the NBA is drunk, right? That's a very easy mm-hmm. term to use. And the truth is it's easy because it's true. The NBA is drunk. What happens when you're drunk? All right. What happens when you're drunk? Well, when you're drunk, you think things oftentimes are better or easier than they actually are. It takes you away from some of the reality. Five-year deal, $226 million. You do the math, right? It's five years, $100 million. It's $25 million a year. Five years, 200000000 million. You're talking about an average average like, like excuse me five for 100 is 20 million dollars a year five for 200 is forty million dollars a year right so then you go all right so about 41 million dollar well 45 million a dollar a year average for five years that's a super max contract now like look here's the problem with the max and the supermax contract always has been is the idea of if you don't pay it, somebody else will. And for the Clippers, this is a little bit of that, hey, look, we already you know invested in you. We already moved mountains to get you and to get Kawhi Leonard like let's move mountains, let's, let's make sure and keep you. There's a confirmation bias. Yes, we paid that much for you in terms of draft picks and assets to get you and to get Kawhi Leonard. Why wouldn't we complete the deal and consummate the deal with a Supermax contract? This, by the way, is the true downfall of the Houston Rockets, right? What happened with the Houston Rockets? They made this massive trade with the Clippers, by the way, for chris paul they traded most every one of their loose assets to get chris paul and after after uh one year and chris paul was it working yeah but he got hurt in the playoffs and he's always kind of hurt in the playoffs and because they had promised chris paul hey we trade for you we're going to give you the max deal They gave him the max deal, which then became an inhibitor towards doing anything else. And then when they wanted to trade Chris Paul, they could only trade for somebody who had that same salary. That's why they got the completely flawed Russell Westbrook, which, by the way, is probably precedent for what will happen if it doesn't work with Paul George in L.A. You're going to get rid of one bad contract to bring on another or maybe two others based upon how much money this is. That's the way it works. You know, no one ever says, "Hey, I'd love to take a bad contract." And here, let me give you a really good player that's underpaid for it. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't. Uh, or at least, you know, not in my world, it doesn't. You know, maybe occasionally there's there's a team that can uh, stretch stretch it out and get amnesty, and that' why they have ultimately create that space. But not much. I, I think the big issue here, though, is that. This is where I say the NBA is drunk. There is no, and I don't blame Paul George. And by the way, the Clippers apparently don't blame Paul George, right? Because anybody who would blame Paul George for the downfall of the Clippers last year in the playoffs, whether it's his mental health or his play or his ability to relate to teammates, his ability to relate to to Doc Rivers. I mean, look, I don't agree with a lot of things that Kendrick Perkins – or tweets or says I like him. I respect him. He was in the league a long time. He's a good enough dude, but I do think he nailed it in saying like, this is the easy dollar paper trail for who got rid of, you know, who got rid of, um, of Doc Rivers, who got rid of him, who got rid of him. That one is very, very easy. It's clearly Paul George and the, the disconnect between the team and, the, the players and management is obvious, but it's also a disconnect between Paul George and reality because most of us, if you, if you have a bad year and you're in a contract dispute, are you going to get a raise? Are you going to get a raise and extension? Are you going to get double your money in an extension? Of course not. You have a bad year. You don't hit your sales goal. How can you possibly hope to get, forget about a raise, the same money? Why should I pay you the, the same money when you underachieve based upon the money you're making? But that's exactly what the Clippers did. And my, just a guess is that the guys who weren't in on Paul George, who didn't think Paul George had the right stuff to win a championship, my guess is those are the guys that have been jettisoned. Hey, whatever happened to, why would Montrezl Harrell get, get sent away? Landry Shamit. I don't know if I don't know if Landry Shamit was a finger pointer, or if Montrez Harrell was. It sure, feels like he was. Right, if Doc Rivers isn't there, and Montrez Harrell isn't there, and Paul and Ty Lu moves up a seat, it shows you that Ty Lu said, "I can fix him. I'm your guy. I know how this all works." And Paul George is in on it. Meanwhile, the guys that aren't the guys aren't there anymore. But this is, again, where the NBA is drunk. There's no reality to it. Because in reality, no second best player on a team that underachieves would ever get a Supermax contract. That doesn't make any sort of sense. But welcome to the NBA. Right? You're bidding against yourself. There literally is no one on earth that can give him a Supermax contract because you own his bird rights. Yet you're going to give him a Supermax contract even though, by all accounts, nobody believes he's the best player on that team? And he didn't have a good year and he didn't earn the complete respect of his locker room or his coaching staff. That doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense. And when things don't make any sense, the only thing you can say is, ah, they're drunk. (laughs) Don't worry about it. He'll sleep it off. But you wake up, but you wake up. And what do you have? You wake up and you have Paul George, under contract for five years at a crazy sum of money that the only possible way you can get out of is to take on somebody else's, somebody else's atrocious contract, maybe with a year longer or just a, a, a broken down player. Of course, it doesn't make sense. Of course, it's not equitable. Of course, they underachieved and he's as much to blame as anybody else. And yet they still gave him this ridiculous deal. Not because they're the Clippers. That's just the NBA. So the NBA does. And the lack of reality to it only signifies to many of us who love the sport, respect the players, why it just doesn't make sense. And you you lose us. And you lose, I don't know if you lose the respect of the common man, but you lose the re, the, the reality of the common man. Like, hey, in our world, when you don't hit your sales number, you don't get a raise. You might not get to keep your deal. Right. This is the, the same league where every guy complains about their two K rating, every guy's a top ten guy, every guy's a franchise player, everyone's opinion matters on social media, on areas of social justice. It's like, look, guys take themselves way too seriously and all think that they matter and all think that they're super special. And you know what? Based upon what they're being paid and the, the lack of of consistency with you win, you get more money. Like that's how it should be. The NBA is drunk. It lacks reality an understanding of how real business works. And I don't blame players for not understanding the financial ramifications of the pandemic. I don't blame players for not understanding, you know, James Harden, why he has to show up at work and why the Houston Rockets should not trade him. What we're trying to create a championship team around you, dude. And your lack of defense and leadership and toughness is the reason we haven't won a championship. Not all these other guys that we've kind of shifted around a million times to figure out how to make you more happy. I don't blame the players. If if you this is if you raise children, you know this to be true, right? When you raise children early on, when they're kids everything is great, oh, you're great, great. And then some some kids, they just lack the reality of, hey, everything is not the greatest of all time. You know, every effort is not enough effort. But you don't want to kill somebody's spirit when they're five years old and say, Art, you got no shot here, that's a stick figure. But there's a happy medium, there's a balance there, and at some point in time, you got to be honest with kids and not everybody is good enough in sports. Not everybody is good enough in art. Not everybody is good enough in school. Not everybody is good enough in in singing. You know, when you're six years old and you try and copy Bruno Mars, it's really cute. When you're 12 years old, if no one's told you like, hey, you know, maybe singing is not your thing, you get out there and you embarrass yourself. But a lot of times it's our own fault as parents that we aren't, Somewhat realistic as to who the kid is and what they specialize in. We just tell them everything is great and trying is good enough. And it is to an extent. You can't expect kids to understand reality when you don't give them a realistic view. You can't expect athletes, especially basketball players, to understand reality when we're not giving them a realistic view. That's really the heart of it. So the NBA is drunk. And the Clippers just filled up the glass of, uh, of Paul George and the L.A. Clippers.
2: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
3: I thought... Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club. The
4: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
5: Danny Cannell, of course, started as quarterback in the National Football League. DK, we're, we're going to see Goff tonight mm-hmm. and McVay go against Belichick. What, what is Bel- what's the beat that Belichick has on what McVay does? What, because you look, Dolphins, that's from that Belichick family. You know, yep. uh, Flores was the D coordinator when they took him down in the in the Super Bowl. Um, even Joe Judge did a good job, despite being uh, undermanned against the Rams. What is it that Belichick does that's really stymied Sean McVay?
7: Uh, I think what he can try to do is he's going to try to take away the run game. I mean, that's clearly what McVay wants to do. You look at when their team has had success, Todd Gurley, you know, a few years ago was having an MVP-type run. A lot of their success in the past game is built off the play action the boots moving the quarterback around outside the pocket you know working that play action pass so your your best chance of you know kind of stopping them is to get that out of their system to shut the run game down and to play that with a lot of success so clearly that's going to be bill Belichick's probably his number one priority is to try to take away that that action and you know, it's proven last year. Remember Jared Goff last year was tearing up the NFL. I mean, he had a ton of yards. was up there in the top three, top four in, the, in yardage in the NFL, and yet they weren't winning games. Because I think that's like, people are like, sure, go ahead. We're just not going to let you establish the run and get those bigger plays. We'll let you throw it all over the yard, and then we'll buckle down in the red zone and try to get stops. And sure enough, that's what happened.
5: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, oh, Carson Wentz, how much of it is, He's not playing well. How much of it is the team has completely mismanaged what seems to be a lack of confidence?
7: I, so, Doug, with Carson Wentz, it's interesting because it, it's not just one person's fault. It's not Carson Wentz forgot how to play the position of quarterback, right? That just doesn't happen. But you combine sort of this perfect storm of hey, he was an MVP candidate the 2017 season when he's tearing apart the NFL, and then Nick Foles steps in and takes him to the Super Bowl. So that's, And then there's sort of this undercurrent, and it wasn't very serious, but there were some people who were like, hey, maybe this team is better off with Nick Foles. And so there's already this this chip away at the confidence of Carson Wentz. It's got to be something that just kind of irks him. And he's a great kid, but it's got to say, man, why? What, what happened? Like, is that, was, you know, how did that happen? Like, what, maybe I'm not as good or how did this team keep winning without me? Then he comes back and he's been injured a bunch, right? So he's had the ACL, he's had his back issues, he's had rib issues, he's been banged up a lot. So that kind of comes into play. Then you have the team has issues with injuries. So they lose offensive linemen. At the end of last year, they're playing with hardly anybody at the wide receiver position. They're having former college quarterbacks. You know, play wide receiver for him, just to cobble together somebody that knows how to run routes for him. Then this offseason, they draft Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. I don't think it was necessarily they were worried about Carson Wentz as a quarterback, but it was about, oh, he has been banged up. We need some depth at the quarterback position, so let's kind of ensure ourselves if Carson gets hurt again. Well, then what happens? Then Carson Wentz enters this year and... You start seeing him struggle. And then again comes this movement from Philly fans that are like, well, if he's not getting it done, we need to move on. We need need to try and find out what's going to happen. And so then he gets sacked. He's been sacked 50 times this year. So it's like all of these events, this perfect storm of events surround this quarterback. And all of it is kind of why you're seeing him crumble before our eyes. And I hate it for him. He's a great young man. He's got an incredible amount of talent. But I think he is, shell-shocked mentally, physically, um, all of it. And the team isn't very good, so you can't mask a lot of his mistakes. He's trying to do too much, which is never a good thing, because then you lead to mistakes, and that's what we've seen happen from him. And it's just this perfect storm. And so I think this was really Doug Peterson and the Eagles kind of like just throwing, just saying, hey, mercy, like enough. We have to give him a respite. We have to give him a break. And kinda of let him catch his breath. And at the same time, you're kinda of like, well, let's see what we have in Jalen Hurts. And Doug Peterson mentioned that dreaded spark, which I I hate that word because it's just just be honest about it. Look, you're not happy with the way Carson Wentz is playing. You want to make a change. You want to and it is they'll they'll see if it gets better. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer, but they wanna just give Carson Wentz a breather and let him catch his breath. Let him see let him see things from a different perspective, which is the bench, unfortunately and kind of see what happens. But, Doug, I mean, if one person's going to go, it's probably not going to be Carson Wentz. It's probably going to be Doug Peterson.
5: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And they're going to try, you know, unless, I mean, there's just such a huge cap hit if you move him. I think yeah. the only place you can move him may be to Indy or maybe to Chicago where he has some former coaches. We don't know if Chicago keeps their coaching staff. Indy, obviously, um, you know, you have a guy who, in Frank Reich, who he worked with and he had his most success with. So that that's maybe the only possibility. But that would be a massive uh, uh, hit on your salary cap. If you're Philly, I just, I'm with you. I think Doug Peterson has, has shown his worst. What uh, you live in South Florida, you're a former quarterback. You know how this works. What's your assessment of Arians and Brady halfway through his first season, this marriage, this arranged marriage.
7: So it's funny cause it isn't a range marriage and I think it's strained, right? I mean, we've seen at times, uh, this offense, Look great, but man, have we seen it look lackluster at times as well. And I, I just, you know, this, when these, when these two were paired, if you think about what Brady did with New England over the last 10 years, what have we seen from him? Short, controlled passes, you know, really efficient, high completion percentage, not really an explosive offense because he didn't have a lot of explosive weapons, but you saw him get the ball out of his hands quickly. He was reading defenses, nowhere to go with it. So he kind of protected himself. Well, even before we saw Bruce Arians paired with Tom Brady, we knew what Bruce Arians was, right? He wants to stretch the field vertically. He wants big plays. He wants to try to, you know, maximize things and use all the talent they have. That's got to be the thing that's most frustrating uh, for Brady and for everybody involved is you do have some incredible weapons. And Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the outside, and you, know, you bring back Gronk, so you've got this plethora of weapons. And it just feels like the system is not built for Tom Brady. Now, it doesn't mean he can't hit big plays, because look back at what he did with Randy Moss when he was on the Patriots. It's just, I think there's got to be a better understanding, a better communication between the two, between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, which I don't know is happening. I, I, I feel like Bruce Arians is like, hey, this is my system. He might be the greatest of all time, but I've had success with this system. We can make this work. And I think that is incredibly frustrating for Tom Brady right now. And that disconnect is why this Tampa team has been so incredibly up and down throughout the season.
5: Uh, Danny Cannell joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Pick one from this year only, Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes?
7: <laughs> from this season only? Yeah. Um, as far as an MVP vote is what you're looking for.
5: I, I, I don't care, MVP vote. Like, I feel like the MVP <laughs> is have, like a, it's like mean, a media. Like, always, I'm just asking you, who's playing better football? Because it's hard to tell because people will go like, well, Tyreek Hill, and you yeah, have better weapons. Like Packers have pretty good weapons. I don't know, different styles, different systems. Pick one. Who do you pick?
7: Uh, I would always lean towards Patrick Holmes. I mean, this is a generational type talent. Uh, but I do feel like when Aaron Rodgers is all said and done, he's probably going to be the most – like underappreciated quarterback of all time and underutilized i mean the fact that he only has one super bowl is pretty astounding but yet you look at his numbers this season and he's having an absolutely remarkable year i mean, 36 touchdowns and four interceptions is astounding but then you look at Patrick Mahomes and he's right there and he's going for more yardage and you know his team is 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 a little bit better and he's probably the they are the odds on favorites to win the super bowl I'd rather have the younger talent that's a little bit more carefree, that has a little bit more athleticism, that's a little bit fresher. But, man, is it a close, close race this year between those two. And they're both playing at phenomenal levels. And I would say when you look at quarterbacks, you can't look at them um, individually. Like, you have to consider the systems that they play in, whether that's right or wrong. Uh, and I would Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have developed a really strong relationship. And LaFleur is building an offense around Aaron Rodgers, which is what any coach should do, and he has done. But I still take Andy Reid and his system and kind of the creativity that you see out of his system and the fun that they're having and the weapons that they have over uh, what Green Bay has in, 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 um, with, with Aaron Rodgers and his uh supporting cast I don't I don't think that's cop out either I mean if you said hey if it was like straight pick up basketball where you're going all right pick your first guy I would still pick Patrick Mahomes but I think you if you were the other captain you would kind of be like oh yes I got Aaron like it's not it's just one of those things where it kind of takes your preference but either one is, gonna, is having an outstanding year
5: um how bothered are you by the Big Ten changing the rules to essentially get Ohio State in the in the college football playoff
7: Ah, you know, the whole system bothers me more than the Big Ten doing this. Like, I'm at a point now where I'm like, what are we doing? Let's, if we're really going to fudge things the way we are with the ACC doing it as well, kind of ensuring that, you know, their best opportunity to get both uh, Notre Dame and Clemson in. And the Big Ten's looking around saying, hey, if they did that, why don't we make sure we put our best foot forward? If this is what we're doing, and we are because there's so much money at stake, let's just shut the season down now and have the top 14 play, and we can end the season earlier and have, you know, we'll just get everything kind of figured out. We don't have to expose the players to COVID anymore and have all these shutdowns. I just look at the entire system, and I think it's been more exposed this year than ever. And it already has been. I mean, and I'm sure you living out on the West Coast and Pac 12 fans are. Disenfranchised because that conference has been, you know, screwed over so many different times with you know Pac-12 champions that get left out. And you're like, hey, well, what we 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 won our conference. We're a Power Five conference. Why aren't we getting an invite? And they're probably sick of it. But I think a lot of fans, you know, a group of five fans, like a team like Cincinnati, who's had a really impressive run as of late, and they're undefeated, and they're sitting there, and they were at seven, and then all of a sudden they drop to six. Or, excuse me, drop to eight, and then Iowa State, who has two losses from the group of five, jumps them. They're sitting there like, what more do you want us to do? And so I think everyone has just seen through the facade that's college football, the college football playoff, because it's not a legitimate playoff. But back to your original question. Wait, wait, wait. So
5: hold, hold it, me, let me ask, let me ask you this. Do you sure. think Cincinnati is one of the four best teams in college football?
7: No, but I think they deserve the right to to prove it because like, we I thought and this goes back to the whole like I thought BYU was going to smoke Coastal Carolina like I thought they were a better team they were better on the offensive and defensive line and then what happened Coastal Carolina beat them they were smaller but they had a great offensive scheme uh and they played harder than them they were physical and you know in a physical team driven sport they were the better team that day so I think yeah if Cincinnati played Clemson or Notre Dame I think Alabama's the one team that I look at that is really separating themselves where I wouldn't give Cincinnati much of a chance. But if Cincinnati played to their best, I think they could play on the field with Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas, and any of the teams above them and potentially beat them. Now, Vegas would have them as underdogs in all of those matchups. Yes. But it goes back to that, you know, well, who's earned it. And Texas or excuse me, Cincinnati has beaten some really good teams with really good records. They're just not the brand that the committee likes to look for.
5: Okay, I'm I'm going to disagree with you. That they've beaten really good team, really good teams. Um, they've beaten some teams with good records, but I don't know if they're about really good
7: teams. But, but and I like to they- but what's the difference in their win? so Texas A&M has beaten Florida. That's a good win, right? But mm-hmm. outside of that, the SEC has a bunch of teams that are down, and the American. Like, Army's a pretty good team. Now, they're an independent team, but Army right. is a good football team this, this year. You know, oh, UCF is a six-win team. And SMU want... is a seven-and-three right, I, I, you know? I
5: got to go. We'll continue the discussion. Right. We'll you right. back on. I appreciate you joining <laughs> us. I'm going to disagree with the comparing Army to some of the teams in the SEC, but I appreciate you joining us.
7: You got it, Doug. Anytime. Sorry I was late. Be sure to catch the live
2: edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win.
6: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
3: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
1: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're gonna learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen.
5: And now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's up, I
5: was up early this morning, and uh, we had a great podcast. Good podcast out now. Tom Penders, a uh, longtime friend of mine from a colleague, guy I played against as well, former head coach at among other places, Texas, George Washington, Rhode Island, uh, Houston. Anyway, uh, that's all ball. We recorded one today that will drop tomorrow, Taylor Rochester, who's like a legendary overseas player, mercurial path to making it at Washington, Tulane and Washington State, now playing at all the big clubs overseas. Anyway, let's get ready to go record this. I was listening to Dan Patrick. He had this to say about uh, the lack of non-Power 5 schools getting represented in the college football playoff.
0: We pulled back the curtain completely on college football. It's basically about 10 to 12 schools that have a chance that we really care about and that the selection committee will look at and value what they do. Iowa State's had a wonderful season, but should they be ranked where they're ranked? Well, they're ranked there because they're in a Power Five conference. And this is where college football needs to have a coming to Jesus meeting and say, let's stop being phony here. Let's have the Power Five. They play for a national championship. And if you want to have another championship for the other schools, like Cincinnati, like Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, but let's not kid anybody here. Because I tune into that selection show on Tuesday night, and I trust Reese Reese Davis means well, and he's going to tell me what's really happening. And what I see every Tuesday night is it's the same nonsense over and over and over.
5: Um, they basically have though, haven't they? That was my text actually to Dan when I was, when I was listening to it. He's like, why didn't the power five break away? They kind of have without having to do so. Keep in mind that the NCAA has no control over the bowl championship series. None of it. it. It does not. So the college football playoff is not an NCAA championship. There have been no non power five schools in the college football playoff. Thus, there actually has been a breakaway without there being a breakaway. Does it does that make sense? Like it's almost um, I believe it's called a red herring, right? Something already exists. We just haven't said that it already exists, but everybody knows it already exists. That's the breakaway that he's he's discussing. And oh yeah, by the way, I think it's accurate. I think it's accurate in terms of I, I, I like what Luke Fickle's done at Cincinnati, but I remember when Brian Kelly was was there, it's not a national championship caliber-worthy program. They're not they're not beating Ohio State and Clemson in back-to-back games or Ohio State and Notre, Notre Dame back. That's not happening. It's not happening. Can you win a game? Sure. Can you win two? No. And just because you can doesn't mean you will or should and that you get that advantage. I, I, I don't make the rules, but if you told me who are the four best teams, like, all right, I'm going to go with Clemson. I know they lost a the game, but they didn't have a quarterback. Clemson. Alabama, that's pretty easy. Notre Dame. And then I'd, I'd go Ohio State over Cincinnati. I don't, I don't think this is that hard of a task.
1: Ah! The Fox. What the Fox say? I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
6: It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced.
1: Bring it
0: every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May.